Welcome to the Town and Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Thank you for joining us on this beautifully sunny but cold day here in Cedar Falls. I'm your host, Jonathan Illion, and today we have with us again Pastor Kevin Richter, who is pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Rhinebeck, Iowa, and Reverend Dr. Gerald Kopanka, who is pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran in Cedar Falls. So it's good to see both of you. Thank you both for coming. Good morning, John. All Good right. to be here. So we are now on the third installment of the Town & Country podcast. And for those of you who are new to our podcast, we're working through a total of six weeks of each of you preaching your sermons on the same chapter of Ephesians. Uh, this week it was Ephesians 3. However, the path that you take when you are preaching those sermons might differ from one another. So the sermons might be similar or they might be completely different. So today we're going to go back and compare notes, so to speak on your sermons from yesterday to yesterday. It's not yesterday. It was today. So it was uh, the sermon on Ephesians uh, 3. So last week we started with Pastor Kevin. So Pastor Kapanka, you are up first. So of course, we're going to talk about how you developed your sermons for Ephesians 3. But I want to ask both of you, what was the biggest challenge that you have encountered as you develop this sermon series? series on Ephesians. Pastor Kapenka will go first for you. Well, the the biggest challenge for me is is there's just so much material here. Uh, Ephesians is is a, a beautiful book that's packed with great theology and doctrine and gospel and grace and and trying to preach an entire chapter uh, in just one sermon is is almost impossible and and so the biggest challenge for me is picking out one point. But I think secondary the challenge after we've we've done now two of these uh, I found it uniquely as I was preparing this Sunday's sermon as, as I'm getting ready to do uh, chapter three, I began writing my sermon thinking, how am I going to podcast about this? So I was writing a sermon with the idea, now I got to talk to Kevin about what I said and why I said it, which I've never written a sermon thinking I'm going to have to later describe what my process was. So that was another challenge I've never experienced before. So uh, it was something unique that uh, added to this, uh, this element of the whole thing. Yeah, well, I don't know if I have really thought about that second point, but uh, I was going to say exactly the same thing for the first point, that you know, taking a whole chapter and just trying to do a 30,000-foot view of what's the main theme, what's the main thing Paul's trying to get across, and condense that into a 20-minute a sermon is extremely challenging, and yet uh, kind of the beauty of it is to get to see what the main thesis of each chapter is, how the book flows from one chapter to the other, um, I think that's the hard part, too, is always connecting it. You know, these aren't six individual points that have no correlation. Yeah. You know, there were no chapter breaks, no verses. It's all one letter that flows from one point to the next and trying to really make sure this week's sermon connects to last week's sermon, and they tie that in. Of course, we only had eight people in church last week for the snow anyways, but they watched online. They told me they did. So, you know, just making it all connect um, is that, that thing, too, and there's just so much rich stuff you could dive into 
and you don't have time. That's a challenge. So, so essentially, it's not a matter of what am I going to preach on. It's how am I going to narrow this thing down? I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, and also, you know, this was written to the church of Ephesus in a specific time. How does it still apply to us here today? How do we take this rich, beautiful gospel and theology that St. Paul is laying out for these early Christians and still make it applicable and, you know, relate to our everyday lives here in 2024. So, yeah, uh, totally. Um, and, and to your point that you mentioned, the fact that this is not just a series of separate and, and unique individual chapters, uh, you know, Paul almost answers that question for us right here in chapter three. He begins the very first words of chapter three for this reason. Yeah. I mean, if you had any other uh, uh, challenge to, to know that this is not uh, disconnected, you know, you have to understand where this fits into that whole pattern. He's referencing back to everything he said in chapters 1 and chapter 2. Now that you've heard chapter 1, chapter 2, let me now take you to the next point. So he begins with, for this reason, I, Paul. Right. So and now, what did you unpack from chapter 3, Pastor Kapenko, when it came to Ephesians 3 there? I, I took the high road or the easy road that I think everyone does, or at least for me it was real easy, that this is the mystery of gospel revealed. Uh, that's that's uh, of of the first three chapters. That's the easiest one to pull out because I think it's the the highest uh, uh, reference thing. You know, there's a mystery of this gospel that now Paul is is making known, and it's the mystery of where do the Gentiles fit in? How does uh, this this chosen nation of God that He's chosen through Abraham, His His God's people? We've seen them through the entire Old Testament. How does this nation now suddenly become uh, inclusive of the uh, the Gentile people who, throughout the Old Testament, we've seen them, they've been there, they've been a secondary character. Um, generally, they were the enemies, they were either conquering God's people or they were being conquered by God's people. But now Paul says, they are one of us. And, and this mystery of where that takes place, how that takes place, what is the process by which that takes place, and just unpacking that whole thing. Yeah, I did the very same thing of... Um you know, really all of everything Jesus was going to do was a mystery. You know, there were foreshadows to it. There were prophecies about it, but so much of it was a, a mystery. That's why they didn't understand he must die and rise again. You know, what are you talking about, Jesus? This isn't part of it. And But really this specific part of the mystery that, and I really played in on the fact that, you know, Paul was not one of the disciples. He was not an eyewitness the first time, you know, and, and yet he's able to say, I'm an apostle and I'm an eyewitness because of the revelation Christ showed him that God specifically chose him to go preach this message to the Gentiles because this mystery is so important, he doesn't want them to miss it, that it was always my plan. From the very beginning, back to you know chapter 1, before the foundations of the world, yeah. you were chosen. You know I knew what my plan was all along, and it was always to include you, send Paul to preach to you, so that throughout the generations you would believe and be in. Yeah, and, and I think that that's so wonderfully important for us to, to point out is that while it's easy for us to kind of set up a, a us versus them mentality in the Old Testament, the, the Jews versus the Gentiles, it's clear throughout Scripture that the Gentiles were always a part of God's plan. Uh, God chose the Jews to be the vehicle by which he would bring the source of salvation, but it was never a an either or, an in and out. It was, this was God's plan of salvation. Um, and that's just this mystery that the Jews had uh, 
confused or had gotten themselves lost or they had mixed up the message that we were God's chosen ones and everyone else was the unchosen. Um, and and Paul is just simply saying, no, you got it wrong, and, and God's revealed it to me. Um, I found it really interesting where, where Paul uh, highlights this whole uh, essence, the fact that you know one of the great mysteries here is that that you've chosen me, Lord, to be the, the vehicle by which this message is revealed. Remembering Paul's history, you know, I am the least of anyone to be called somebody to, to be an evangelist. And you go into all Paul's history as, as the persecutor. You know, I was the Jew amongst Jews who, who wanted to uh, persecute those who would call themselves believers, who, who were the apostates to the, to the faith. And yet you chose me to be the apostle to the Gentiles. That is a powerful statement. Well, and I think that that's the thing that hit me the most when I was listening to the sermon is that um, I think that we in our current status here in America tend to think of ourselves as being the pinnacle of what Christianity is all about. We're, We're the ones, we're the chosen ones. And in fact, we have to kind of humble ourselves. We have to go back to the idea that God... All of us fall short, and uh, even people that we hold within the Bible, like Paul, uh, he fell very short of what the final, uh, you know, what we should be doing. And and so I think that that is something that really hit me was that, yeah, no, actually, God pulls us all toward Him, and that that's something that we need to remember. So, yeah, and I think one thing that, you know, you always, I was reflecting on my sermon after church and like rewriting the whole thing in my head of what I should have written because it would have been far better. But um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. <laughs> I was really thinking, you know, too, like Paul is writing to Gentiles. And I think I expressed this in my sermon. I just think I could have said it clear that Paul is, is expressing, you're writing to Gentiles, trying to tell them the mystery is you're chosen. And he goes through this whole beautiful prayer of, I am praying for you that you have the spirit in your inner being, that you have Christ in your heart, that you are rooted in love. You know, just this beautiful prayer that is setting them up to know who they are as beloved children of God that are going to face suffering and trials and yet have the love of Christ that surpasses everything with them at all times. And really, I think he's trying to quiet that own voice in their heads. Am I really in? You know, do I actually belong as God's chosen people? And he is there not to just say, yeah, Gentiles are in. He's to say, you are in. And you never have to doubt that. You never have to wonder that. You know, when, when life gets hard, when, other, when the Jews are still making these comments that you're not circumcised, when all these things are happening, you have this letter, this prayer to run back to and silence all those voices and just hear the, the voice of God's word say, I always wanted you. I love you. You are mine. I am in you in my spirit. I am in you as my son lives in your heart. I am in you because I'm going to do far more things than you could ever even think of for you because of this great love that I have for you. You know, and just giving them that assurance and that confidence that I am a chosen, beloved child of God, no matter what my background is, no matter what my ethnicity, any of that, I'm in through faith. That really is the the other end of the bookend that began in chapter one, where he says, yeah, "I've chosen you from the foundation of the world, isn't it? You know, I, you know that this corporate I've chosen the foundation, and now the specific nature of of their selection as the Gentiles as God's chosen people." Yeah, and then I think you know when he ends his prayer with twenty twenty one, and he talks about yeah. for all generations, yep. we hear these words of Paul silence that voice in our heads. Am I really? 
a child of God? Am I really a Christian? Do I really belong in this covenant and hope of eternal life? Yes, you know, because it's only through the blood of Christ. You know, back to two, you've been redeemed in the blood of Christ. And, and uh, you know, just silencing that voice with this assurance of the gospel, you are my beloved child. I love you. I've always loved you. I always knew you would hear my gospel and, and just what power that brings for our lives. In, in the middle section that we had in, in Wonderful in Chapter 2, you were dead, you were alive, right. you were far off, and now you are near. You've got that kind of that, that middle section, and now this, this personal connection that right. you are, don't let the voice of the, the enemy uh, question your place to me, which really sets up what's going to happen in the next three chapters. Now that you have this personal identity that, that you are the chosen, you are the one that I've redeemed, uh, my blood has claimed you as my own, what does that mean, and where does that go from here? Right, yeah, you've been made alive. Now, don't ever doubt that life, and here's what I want you to do with that life. Exactly, You know, it sets yeah. up the next three chapters. You were you were brought in. Don't feel like you need to slowly push yourself away. Stay in, and as you stay in, here's what that looks like, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it's, it's laying that foundation of this is who you are, and this is what the gospel does for you, and now that you can be sure of that, you have no reason to doubt that, here's the next three chapters of how you to, how are you to live in that. Yeah, that's that's an awesome expression. So that I believe um, is the the well. I'll let you, I'll let you guys answer this. So, what is the message that you want people who are listening to this podcast with doubts in their mind about Am I among the chosen? Um, even though my life is um, screwed up, even though I have doubts in my own mind, what is that final message you want to let people know about what you just preached on today? Well, I think for me, it's, it's that the mystery has been solved. You know, how in the world could God possibly love someone like me? And that's where Satan loves to get in our doubts. You know, how could God care for me? You know, where do I fit in his plan of salvation, especially when we talk about the historical nature of the Jewish nation and the people chosen? But this has been revealed now through the Gentiles that your salvation is personal, it's real. We go to chapter 2, we have go to this, you're saved by grace through faith, we've got this wonderful uh, nature of what it is, you are dead, you're alive. And then now, as you so rightly and wonderfully said, Kevin, is that, that this is, don't let that doubt seep back into your mind, um, that you are God's elect, you're chosen, um, you belong to him, and that, that uh, nothing in heaven or, or hell will be able to separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, and I would say, you know, uh, kind of twofold that if you've ever heard the gospel, any portion of the gospel, heard the, the, the words, Jesus loves you, that's not by accident or chance. God intentionally meant for your ears to hear that because you are chosen. He wanted you to hear that message. He wanted you to have that, that, that opportunity to hear the word that creates faith in you to the degree, and this is something I didn't even bring up in my sermon again. It's one of those things you don't have time for. Paul says, I'm a prisoner for you guys, so don't lose heart because I'm suffering. Like, I yeah. was intentionally sent to preach the message, and it was going to get me jailed, and I'm in prison suffering, but don't worry about that because God did that on purpose to make sure that you heard the word. And so God is always going to be working through others and their sufferings and their trials and their persecutions to make sure that you get to hear the word because that's how much you mean to him. He loves you so much. He wants your ears to hear that word of the gospel that Jesus died for you. You are his, and nothing can ever take that love away from you. And so don't don't doubt it. Don't think this is coincidence or chance. This is very much 
our powerful God at work in your life because he loves you and he wants you and he's always wanted you from the very foundation of the world. There's there's no better way that we could end this podcast than letting people know that that message is for them. It's something that they can take hold of. And then, you know, uh, when we have our doubts, we just go back here and we remind ourselves. So this is fantastic. So that's about all the time that we have for the podcast today. Thank you for choosing to join us today for the Town & Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Special thanks go out to our our audio engineer, uh, Mr. Dave Kaler. He is a wizard. Thank you very much for setting all this up. So on behalf of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kapanka, I'm your host, Jonathan Illion, and we invite you to come back next week as we bring you the next installment of the Town and Country podcast. Thank you again and have a great week.